Welcome guys to Coffee for Two. I know it's a new thing that I'm doing. What? Anyways, I'm your host, Brett Deister, as always, and I actually have someone here with me that, well, has helped me out through along my process of figuring out life and stuff. Um, but I have a special guest, or as my first interview host, I should say, so it's kind of a special thing. Uh, Julie's here with me. Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. Thank you, Brett. Hi, guys. I am a career counselor. I have a private practice in Newport Beach, California, which is in Southern California. I work with people here in my office to help them get their traction in their careers and figure out how to get started, how to tr make a transition or a change from not being fulfilled to fulfilled, where to secure that job, how to make a living doing what means something to us. Mm -hmm. And so I work with a number of people. I work with young adults. I work with transitioning career changers. I work with all sorts of people returning to the workforce for a number of reasons. And I write resumes and I do all sorts of fun and interesting things for adults. Resumes, huh? Interesting. So what are some like key goals for people like, I don't know how to write a resume. It's the thing that you put the experience in and then you say, this is me. How do you actually do that? Right. So resume writing is an absolute craft. And so for your listeners who don't feel that they can write a good resume, give yourself some grace, guys. It's not an easy thing to do. It's an art. And um, there are three F's that I would encourage anyone to pay attention to. One, be sure it's focused. You've got to know what you're going after and you've got to write your resume to that goal. Second, a beautiful format. Simple and easy to read. Write it, write it for a fourth grade reader. And the third is location, location, location. You always have to remember there's expensive real estate on a resume and not so expensive real estate on a resume. And the first words, is that's a third F, the first words of every line, that's the most expensive real estate on your resume. So don't waste something really important like at the top. Don't write the word objective. Just write the job title you want. Replace that with something very valuable. Be very careful about how you use your words. So focus, format, and first words. Those are the three keys. That's interesting. So unfocused resume. So you shouldn't put like everything that you've done on there. So Absolutely not. I babysit my cousin in the fourth grade probably wouldn't be the best one to do. Unless you're going to child development. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but like, let's say we're doing marketing and they're like, babysit my kid sister. You're like, um, that might not work. Well, if there's anything you can extract from that particular experience that would leverage well into marketing, then you should include it, but you should cast it in the direction of marketing. For instance, if you, um, at, when you were babysitting, put together tons of lemonade stands that amassed like hundreds of dollars and were entire neighborhood events, you might want to include that because that could be event marketing. It could tie in, but if there's no, if there's no connection, don't connect it. That's some really good advice. Cause, that would be focused. Yeah, that would steps. be focused. That's razor line focus right exactly. there. So what about um, like resume style? Does it really matter how it's styled? Should it be graphical? Should it be boring and black Oh, and white? goodness. I'm so envious of people like you, Brett, who have creative skills. <laughs> I don't have them. And I think that visual um, is so, so important, even to people like me who can't create it. The most important thing I can say is simplicity whether you're making it kind of an, with artistry or you're doing it my way, which is very linear, just make sure there's a lot of white space, 
not a lot of big words, not a lot of big paragraphs, not super tight margins, not teeny tiny font. You just want it simple, clear, and presentable. So any format that you choose is fine. And I actually have a little freebie for your listeners today with one example of how I like to write them. But there are lots of good examples out there. There is no right, there's no one right way to do it as long as it has focus, has a good format, and uses those first words well. Mm, yeah, that's, that's some pretty good advice. I mean, I've done my fair share of resume of my own writing. And I've actually seen some pretty bad ones where I'm like, I hey, probably should have left that out. Don't mm -hmm. put everything in. No, we want to have an, an unabridged version of our resumes for ourselves. Yeah. And it's the, um, the abridged versions that you put out into the marketplace. Yes, very true. Um, and so like moving on to like more like self-branding because it's kind of like a part of it. Um, what about social media? Because it's a huge thing right now. I mean, I'm everywhere that I can. Um, and it's just one of those things where you, it's where businesses look where you're at a lot. They'll look at your social profile. They'll look at what you do, if you're involved, if you're, well, not involved. Um, and also it's kind of giving them even before the interview, a first impression before you even step into that interview. So like, what are some types of tips that you would say about that? Because it is important what you actually say a lot of times. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to assume that most of your listeners are younger adults um, breaking into the workplace in their first kind of maybe five years of their, um, it, it is so important that you maintain a relatively professional reputation online. Um, I know a lot of hiring managers who go straight to Facebook either before or after they speak with a candidate. So keep it clean, get the beer cans off, get the bikinis pictures down. Um, it's one thing if you post that you're at Coachella, it's another thing if you post what you're doing at Coachella. So just be conservative. Um, you as an individual are an extension of that company's brand. And anybody that you do business with as an employee for them may also check your Facebook. Um, they will also check your LinkedIn. If your LinkedIn is not populated and professionally written with focus format and first words, um, they may not think you take your career very seriously. So you really want to be careful that you're setting the right impression, both that you're professional enough, but you don't have to be, um, you know, because you want to show up, but that you can manage that, that social. Now, as far as, you know, some, some private, you know, just keep it clean, people. That, that's just, I mean, at the end of the day, the person who's probably hiring you is a Gen Xer, somebody getting into their 40s. And we did not grow up with social media, and we understand the decorum, the protocol, the etiquette of business, and follow our lead, because we're not going to hurt you guys. We're going to show you how it's done, and we're going to hire you if you're acting appropriately for the business workplace. Mm. So let's say people do have opinions. Would it be wise to actually have like a alternate account that isn't even like within, it doesn't have a name on you whatsoever? Are you talking about the elections? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do have, I myself have, opinions as you know and so i do sure. i do my best to keep it professional but i mean we all have opinions we all we all want to say something right regardless if it's good or bad because right. i mean um so like i have a political twitter account which i will not say what it is yeah for those purposes but right. it is one of those things where like i want to make sure that i can say what i can say without damaging your own reputation yeah, yeah twitter is a wonderful way to kind of hide behind a a, a, a 
false persona and get your opinion out there and use it to query the um, same or opposite opinion pools. Um, the early 20s and the late teens, but mostly the early 20s, are a time in adult development to challenge what you know and to begin to forcefully form your own opinion and get it out there. It isn't until moving into your early 30s that that temptation tends to trail off a little bit and the um, curiosity of collaboration supersedes the need to impart one's opinion. So um, just remember that all of us are on the developmental spectrum somewhere and if you're young and adamant that your opinion needs to be heard, you're in a stage, and I'm not saying that you can't have your opinion throughout, but just remember, strong opinions don't usually do very well in the workplace. So building collaborative curiosity skills in the early stages of your career is um, a very, very good piece of advice, and if you can reflect your online presence that way, I think you're doing yourself both a professional favor and a personal favor to kind of move through that stage faster into more openness, more open-mindedness. I mean, I say that because, yeah, the election did happen. Unfortunately, sure, there's always a hot topic. There's Unfortunately, there's been, well, even through my own social profile, some very visceral on both sides. Brett, we could so. argue coffee and you'd, you'd yeah. be all over that. <laughs> um, well, I'm usually, especially right now, usually on the term of you can say your opinion, but at least be respectful of the people. That's always been my opinion about it. I don't care if I dislike you or not. I will not call you a name to make sure that I... No, name calling is never appropriate. No and I've, I've seen that quite a bit. And sure. so even on LinkedIn, where I've been replying to older and younger people saying, hey, look, you're talking to 50 million people and calling them this name. Right. Stop it. Like, right. And that's kind of like my thing. That's why I asked about that, because it is, it is a very important thing. And I do have this like need to stand up to people that can't stand up when they don't see that. Well, older generations, um, Gen Xers and baby boomers, were for the most part more guided to withhold opinion than put it on the line. To ask somebody how they voted, a member of my generation, to ask me how I voted is like asking me how much money I make every year. It's none of anybody's business. And the younger generation has been much more encouraged to sound their opinion and so topics get hot very quickly and um, I, I would just say be careful yeah. you know because that's not necessarily um, you know look at history to see what works oh yeah I always say history repeats itself and it does it's it does. actually been repeating itself right now but um, yeah that's history just, is actually a good place to look for career direction yeah. did you know that yeah I mean it's it's a good place to look at where, where where it's going how where, where where the where the world is going and where you want to go if you look back at your own personal history, the types of activities that you've been good at, that you've been recognized for, that you've enjoyed and felt like you get that feeling of happiness and flow, as they call it, that's usually an indicator as to where you should be headed and where you might want to focus your resume. Mm, that actually is a good solid advice. So you should look back on your own history and yes. be like, what am I good at? This Sometimes I feel like a historian. That's all I do is mm. look at people's histories. Yeah, history is always a fun thing. But that's why I ask because... Um, especially for Facebook, you can actually lock it down. Where and mm -hmm. I've already, I've, I'm smart enough where that's the only one that I actually lock down pretty hard. Um, the other ones I keep it open just because I don't want to feel like that. I'm. People are like, well, why is it always locked? I'm like, 
nothing. Right. <laughs> um, but it's like one of the places where I'm like, I at least want to have something where I don't have to worry about what I say. Right. Um, and that's why I'm even saying like, that's why even having a personal journal might actually be a better idea sure. because at least you don't have to worry about. Sure. And if I, I get, make a dinner party and say, we're going to have political discourse yeah. and have a really, you know, interesting dialogue. Because so that's what we did before social media. Oh, what are those things? <laughs> we got together and talked about it. That's weird. <laughs> I never do that. I'm talking to people so. It's a great vocabulary builder. Yeah, old fashioned. <laughs> it's so like you have Point to like. Click. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> clickbait. You know, all those other fun stuff. Um, and so, like, um, since the new media, I call it new media, like mm -hmm. YouTube and all the social media, because sure. they're actually becoming more media actual mm -hmm. companies. Mm -hmm. um, is it a good idea for them to like do like? Periscope and live video and kind of show off maybe their broadcasting or speech skills um, through that. Is it good to kind of like do that or? You know, my experience from what I can tell from the hiring market, and I have a pretty pretty good pulse on it. I'm on, I, I'm on the candidate side of it. I'm not on the hiring manager side of it. But from what I can tell, they don't go that far into Periscope and specific things like that. Maybe Twitter. But for the most part, absolutely LinkedIn. Be present on LinkedIn. Have something populated on LinkedIn. Don't dismiss LinkedIn. If you... If you don't have a good LinkedIn profile or if you've got a picture of you and your fraternity party, you know, uh, 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 what do you call the monkey suit that the guys wear with the bow tie, the tuxedo, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not professional. And, and, it, and it makes the impression that you're dismissing the importance of work. And so be present on LinkedIn. Definitely control the Facebook if you want to lock down a separate account. That's fine. I, I, I mean, maybe they'll check Twitter. Maybe they'll check Instagram. But I've never heard of Periscope or any of the more kind of obscure, pocketed social medias. As far as your own personal brand, what you really want to lead with is who you are as a person and what you bring to the table. It's just that simple because that those are the two things that you get hired for. Do they like you? So who, who are you as a person? And do you have the skills that they're looking for? Meaning, what can you do for them? That's it. Do they like you and can you do the job? That's the only reason, that's the only thing they're looking for. They don't want someone who's partying every weekend and they've got to control you and you're this and that. They don't want that kind of headaches. We got, we got business to take care of. On the side note, Twitter does own Periscope, so. There you go. Um, so yes, it's, it's a part of Periscope. I'm not um, sure that a lot of hiring managers know. I know, it's just one of those things because I know recently this week Instagram has been saying that they're going to get into live Facebook has their own live mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it actually may be a more important thing for them to mm -hmm. actually look at depending on how good how well it goes. I have seen people put um, bio videos on YouTube um, I'm not an attorney but there are hiring laws okay. um, it's very important that so the, the resume format really hasn't changed much throughout the years because um, you just can't put a picture down. You can't put your age down. You, you really can't indicate yeah. anything that's going to reveal any demographic information about you. Um, it's, it's, it's just, it puts a company in a precarious position. If you send a resume with a link to a video and they watch it, they could be legally unable to bring you in because they could be biased now for or against you. So I, at this time, my most current information is that they just don't look at those things. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just on the horizon, this is becoming really important. Sure. There. Now, if you're in the performing arts, if you're in the um, like digital media and videography, like commercial communications and things like that, 
um, there could definitely be, or if you're trying to be a spokesperson for something, working in investor relations, there could definitely be, you know, you could ask after the first interview if you could submit a project. Yeah. That would be a wonderful, especially if you have those tech skills or if you have those presentation skills or if you can craft and produce something really beautifully structurally, um, that would be a great way to get that in. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't lead with it because it could actually box you out of the interview. All right, yeah, you know, all those weird laws that go on. Yeah, just these laws that kind of make up the world, where it spins on them. Um, yeah, so like, like um, so there, there are self-branding things to do. There's also like making sure that your social media is uh, done to the T, yeah. um, as you could say. What about like Quora? Because Quora is a question and answer site. And, that, and for me, I've seen a, a pretty good, interesting thing about that. I Yeah, I mean, I've seen some people really build a brand for themselves on a certain area of expertise. Absolutely be focused on how you can help people because that's all work really is, is how can you contribute to society and get remunerated for it? That's all work is. So figure out, once you figure out how you can help, maybe it's in your case with sharing information, sharing technology, sharing access to new marketing um, models and platforms, um, you're doing that. You're, you're getting the word out there through the marketplace that you have at your fingertips. You're helping people that way. And you're enjoying it. You get a lot of, a lot of um, recognition for that and satisfaction from that. This is a perfect example. Other people should be using Quora or any kind of blogs or anything like that to share information. Sharing is how you promote A, yourself, B, the field, the best practices of the field. And if you really want to professionalize that and not feel like you have to be like, found like a diamond, a needle in a haystack in a Quora um, uh, rep, uh, journal, then go to the professional association find just type in the word professional association in your case it'd be marketing or coffee or technology and I guarantee you that there are professional associations which are just epicenters of people who work in that field who get together monthly there's all sorts of annual surveys and all sorts of information circling around in the professional association and you can make a name for yourself in one of those relatively quickly getting involved in a group that shares the same work focus that you do is a wonderful wonderful thing to do well, yeah I know there's PRSA which mm -hmm. is the Public relations. There's also Meetup, which is also another good yeah. thing to actually look at. Um, now, for when you're looking for a job, is it actually good to actually, you know, learn more stuff or learn new skills or do something like that while you're looking for a job? Absolutely, especially if they add to the focus. So I'm working with a woman right now who's returning to the workplace after about an eight or 10 year break. She had significant experience before and she's had one year in marketing where she's kind of been exposed to the full spectrum and really got attached to digital marketing. She has decided that she wants to pull out digital marketing as a niche and really expand on it. And she's taken the HubSpot inbound certification. Mm -hmm. She's um, started networking with people in digital marketing. She's involved in the professional association, the AMA. She's read every. She reads everything she can about it. She's taken some classes through an extension program at the local university. So there are lots of things you can do to just build your knowledge, and even just building your knowledge is showing proactivity. Yeah, I mean, you always get asked that because I think people sometimes leave out of college like oh, I know everything. I'm I'm good, and it's just like no, not really, no. <laughs> Uh, you, you still got to learn some stuff, still read books, still actually. Yep. They may know a lot, which they do. We all do right out of college, but we don't always know how to link it to a yeah. job. That's 
the bridge that we have to build ourselves and it's not always easy. So if people are having a hard time finding a job or getting interviews because it can, it still can be tough. I mean, the economy, as I know, the job participation rate is the lowest it's been since 1929, which is never a good thing to actually see. Mm-hmm. Um, would it be good to actually try to do freelancing stuff and try to like build that that way or would that be more difficult and they should just not? Yeah, there's no reason not to freelance, but the reason that a young adult can't get a job is simple. They don't know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Once they're clear on what they want and they write a very sharply focused resume, they're in. I was just saying that because, I mean, sometimes people are just like, I don't know what to do or why am I always getting rejected? No problem with freelancing. If you can build the sales skills to land clients in the first couple years of your career, you have my absolute career counseling stamp of approval on it because there's nothing better than sales skills. I tell my young adults all the time, do one of two things. Learn how to sell or learn how to do Excel. <laughs> One of the two will always put food on your table or bartending. Mm, I mean, Excel. <laughs> I don't those, do Excel either, but those, I can sell if you want me to. All those formulas, man. Uh-huh. I mean, I can, I figure it out, but I always uh, forget yeah. it. We have people for that. <laughs> True. We have a lot of people for that, and we have Microsoft for helping us out, too, on that. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm always wondering because, I mean, some people, and with the economy kind of changing where it's becoming more of a freelancing. It's freelance friendly, yeah. for sure. Uh, with LinkedIn launching their own freelance program yep. with uh, Fiverr and all these other yep. ones sprouting up. Yep. Um, I always think it's a good idea. And I always Absolutely. Say, hey, just build a business model. Absolutely. Build a business plan. Make sure your marketing is on point with what you want to brand. With what you want to brand, with what can you do. Yes. Everyone's worried about passion and purpose and branding and this. Figure out what you do. What are you good at? Even if it's general. Just I'm generally good at talking. I'm generally good at persuading. I'm generally good at marketing. I'm generally good at analyzing. Whatever it is, then go do that. And any young adult that can grab any kind of work, whether it's freelance or pay or whatever, do it. Absolutely. Get out there and swim in the big pool that is the labor market. It's a very big pool. It's not that big. It's 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 networked very um, simply. Mm. There are 950 occupations in the U.S. labor market. Most people, like a significant 80, 90, 95, 98 percent of people, work in about 150 of those occupations. So. Basically, most of work is 150 occupations linked by just 35 thinking skills. It almost makes me look like a math person, right? Ooh, yes. Very analytical. I was like, I really want to listen to you more often because you just said all these stats and data. (laughs) Data, data, data. Data makes knowledge is power. And if you know that the difference between a um, program manager in a nonprofit organization is basically the same job as a wellness program director in the healthcare department of a major corporation that the skills themselves are very, very similar, although the knowledge areas are different, you are transferable. So it's about recognizing that, yes, it looks like the world of work is really big, if you choose to look at it, look at it that way. If you decide to look at it the other way, like how is it similar? You're going to have a much easier time finding your way. Mm. Is there any other tips you want to give people? You know, any other <laughs> good tips? How about the top five? Is that my top five tips? Uh, definitely focus format and the first words on your on each line of the resume. 
That's one. Number two, don't worry so much about getting people to like you. Worry on taking the time to describe what you can do. Focus on what you're good at. Number three, stop worrying about passion. Passion is a volume. We need to look at purpose. Purpose is directional and purpose is of a functional nature. How can you help people in society? There is nothing out, there's nobody out there and there, there, there's no job out there that doesn't fit into this very, very elegant model. It's a closed model, we all fit in it. For every human being, they, we all have needs and there are people out there satisfying those needs. So the inverse is true as well. So know that, know, know that just because you don't see the opportunity doesn't mean it's right in front of you. Close your eyes, reach out, and say what you're good at and claim what you want to do because if there's a professional association associated with that keyword and you can find it. So trust, professional associations, um, focus, know that it's, um, uh, that it's waiting out there for you. It's about accessing from inside what you're good at. So that was kind of three, four, and five altogether. What are you good at? So the focus and, and the format of the resume with the first words in mind and um, knowing how to um, talk about what you can do, forgetting about passion, being purposeful, meaning the, um, how to articulate the contribution that you can make to helping people in society, using professional associations to find other like-minded people because that's where the opportunities are gonna be, and then don't worry about being liked in the interview. Don't worry about that so much. Is that, I think that was five. Is that yeah. five? I mean, it's hard to say like Tips, lots of tips. Water, they're all they're all good. Water anyways. your plants. That's yeah. another tip. Yeah. yeah, water your plants. Make sure the grass is always greener on your side, not the other side. Yeah, always, always. It usually is too, by the way. It always. Yeah, yeah people are is. hard to work with. Yes, I've I've noticed this. Yeah, I've noticed quite well that sometimes. <laughs> We could have a whole podcast on office politics. Oh, we could. Uh, and smart people usually get shafted quite a bit mm -hmm. more often than they should. Uh, creative. People who lead with their creative uh, talents tend to need more space, more time, and more authority. And when they don't get that, they feel very compromised. So I'm just saying because yeah. I'm both i'm both analytical and creative yeah. i'm in this like happy medium of right. i look at both sides of it that's why you can bring ideas to life because you can get the creative ideas going and then you can analyze how to make them happen well yes and i mean that's another good thing office politics is always going to be a part of your life and you're just going to have yep. to either um work with it or hate it but hating it will, will never get you anywhere you want a little secret tip for that yeah go ahead it all bubbles down to one thing Pride. Whether you know, whether well, it's I guess that's that's kind of a component of it. But if you do one thing at work, whether you like the person you work for or not, always make your boss look good. My boss was um, he would pull us all into a meeting out of nowhere and he'd say, "I want your sales numbers. You need to give me reports. I want them within a week. I need all your projections." And we would, "Wow, wow, wow! I don't want to do that. I'm busy. I got a travel trip coming up." And why do we have to do this and who said so and everybody would challenge him and I would go back to my desk after the meeting was out and I would scrape my desk clean I would cancel everything I had to do I would spend the next three hours and I would just pin down those numbers and I just hand it to him by lunch and I was done and he could use that as an example for everybody else needs to turn it in and I was off like getting a free lunch somewhere while everybody else was still like they they were still complaining about the fact that they had to do it 
it was done. And I made him look good. Whether I liked him or not wasn't the issue. Made him look good, I could get away with anything I wanted. I think it's true. Respect the person even if you don't like them and do the work that they've told you to do. Right. So Uh, the pride there isn't really as important that I... I, that, that I feel prideful about him. It's I care about my own survival, and I'm protecting myself. And I felt like I was doing a great job. Yeah. Well, I mean, it showed if they give you free lunches. Yeah, make your boss look good. Yeah, always make your boss, or try to at least. I mean, sometimes exactly. you're like, I don't think that's legal, and I probably shouldn't do oh, that. Oh, <laughs> I don't get into that. <laughs> oh, I've had to get into yeah, some of that I stuff. Yeah, I know, it happens. Um, it happens. The best thing to do in general, and every situation is different, the best thing to do when you think you're bumping up against a legal thing is just to walk away and move on. The, the opportunities to do great work in good companies with cool people are so easy to find. There's always, there's there's always a bump and a bruise. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Like you're saying, there's always opportunities out there, and yeah. make sure that you try to take as many opportunities Absolutely. as you can. Absolutely. I mean, it's always a learning experience. Even the ones that I don't like, I understand that there's something to learn from it. Right, right. And when we do like work, that means that we are playing to our greatest strengths, our what career counselors call aptitudes. And when you're working like that, Brett, and you don't like what you're doing, you're probably not using your most creative skills. You're probably not using your greatest strength where your flow would come from. And so, you know, always tune into that. That's really important for your listeners to know. I think that would be good for also, like, the end of it. Like, what do you do when maybe you got a job and just not going very well like because that does actually happen unfortunately and yeah it just like you're not getting along with your boss or management's probably not the best for you Mm -hmm. or your employees just hate you because and there could be legitimate reasons it could just be because people are rational they just don't like you because it's it's you um so i mean what do you do with that do you look for a job do you stay at your job even though you feel like a terrible person like what do you do when that's when you get the ickies yeah when you're like this is not going well i can see i can see rome is crumbling oh okay well a couple different things um is it you that's crumbling or is it rome that's crumbling if rome is crumbling it's not the right environment if you like your job and you feel like you are aligned in the right field but you're just not in the right company that's one thing get a new job if you don't like the company because you feel overemployed or underemployed or wrongly employed, we need to do some work. You're not working to your best abilities. You haven't identified how you can best help and you need to take a step back and stop trying to be so specific and find that perfect thing and just generally figure out what am I best at. You know, a really easy thing to do for a, a younger adult is to just simply say, what do I do better? Do I sell and persuade? Do I kind of coordinate and organize things? Do I do administrative work really well? Or am I like an analyst? Because those are kind of the basic four entry level paths. And if you can get on the right one of those four paths, you're gonna find your way to more meaningful work faster because you're gonna be more in alignment with the job. If you're off one of those four tracks, just to put it very, very simply, and the company Rome is crumbling around you and you feel like you're just you've got the ickies inside and out you've got to get on the right track that that would be the case so always assess is it me or is it them or is it both of us Mm. because a lot of times I mean I've been in you know absolutely the the right job but not the right company yeah I mean it's also good to assess which which one is it first before you go and do something dumb right and I see actually I see about 
80-20. I see about 80% of people not knowing what their track really should be. Therefore, it's just been kind of a chronic, uncomfortable work situation. Yep. And about 20% of the time, people come in here and they're miserable and they're crying and they're this and that. And you realize they're absolutely in the right career path. This is just, this is the wrong people, the wrong culture for them, the wrong maybe the wrong industry, the wrong, wrong corner of the industry. So um, you, you, you've got to really analyze that and figure out which, which it is. If you like what you do, you just don't like the people you're doing it with, move to a different company, do the same thing. Find people who agree with you. Mm. Or at least we'll work with you, I should say. Right, I right. mean, we're, all, we're always going to work, and I always really want to stress this, especially now, that not everybody's going to agree with you 100%, and you just need to work with people regardless of other ideologies. Right, which goes back to how, how we control our, our strong opinions on social media yeah. and kind of learn to form them and present mm -hmm. them in a more collaborative nature. It's all It all kind of ties together. Yeah. Well, any parting last words for my listeners out there? Yeah, um, be creative. A lot of people, um, especially myself, because I cannot draw, paint, sculpt, bead, any of that. Um, but we're all creative. We all get a tablespoon of salt. Some people get it very obviously in um, artistic means, but we all have creativity. Um, I'm very good at abstracting. I'm very good at working with invisible material and helping kind of create a map for a person and kind of working with those models spatially um, that don't exist. There are some people like my dad, who's an engineer, who can really just problem solve, get to the bottom line quickly. There's one answer and he can find it every time. Um, be sure that wherever you are the most creative is where you're driving your career. If you can't figure out what you want to be when you grow up, if you can't figure out why you're happy or unhappy, just stop, drop, and ask yourself, what am I just creative, what do I do that's creative? And go back to every single class you've ever taken, English classes, science classes. Maybe it's just classifying stuff in science class. Maybe I really liked like sorting through all the different, like botany, like the plants and the this one goes on this column and that column. That's an and that's organizing information. So if you can learn that, if you did that well in science class, how can you help maybe content management? How do you, could you create hierarchies for people? Could you run databases? And so everything transfers. And if you're really creative and organizing stuff, then go organize stuff. Is that good parting words for you? That's actually pretty good parting go words. Where, go where you're creative. Couldn't say it better myself. Good. And so anyways, that is the end of Coffee for Two. Thanks for joining in. And where should the, people find you unless they want to do career advice and all ah, that other stuff? Thank you. Um, thank you for having me, Brett. Um, you can find me at julielacroix.com, www.j-u-l-i-e-l-a-c-r-o-i-x.com. And if you hit backslash podcasts, there's a free download for you, a little resume curriculum just for your readers mm. on how to um, incorporate focus, great format, and first words have a, into a resume. All right. And thank you for tuning in as well to Digital Coffee. Be sure to tune in on Friday for Gamers Cafe, where I go through all the fun gaming stuff that goes in the PC gaming industry, and it's always a lot, and it's always weird. Uh, and be sure to follow Digital Coffee on Twitter, Digital CO77EE, also in Periscope, the same ad symbol. Uh, Facebook, Digital Coffee Podcast, Instagram, Digital Coffee Podcast, YouTube, Digital Coffee Podcast, and Player.me at Digital Coffee, and I'm on the Twitch and the YouTube gaming at digital underscore coffee as well. And if you like these podcasts, please consider subscribing on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Acast. And 
Uh, if you like these podcasts, please consider supporting me on Patreon or Podbean. I appreciate all the support. And one more thing, I've got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I do have an e-commerce store with all the fun geeky stuff, especially for the holidays. Give, gives one of your geeks one of the great tech brewing or one of the coffee mugs that I have there. Anyways, guys, join me on Friday for Gamers Cafe, and I'll see you later. Bye.